listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. What is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? Let's start with that Boston Celtics win. A lot of people, myself included, were skeptical of the fire in the belly. The Celtics may have had, not had, but they had it and Tatum with a monster game. Yeah, Jason Tatum, 50 points in the win for the Celtics. It was a tale of two halves. Boston comes out on fire in the third quarter, and they clinch the number seven seed with a 118-100 win over the Washington Wizards. Okay, first question is, and these are questions, and sometimes knowing the right question to try to answer is the half the battle. So do we reevaluate Boston effort-wise? Uh, the, the quality of the team is what it is. Now, you can say, hey, if Tatum's going to step up, maybe that is meaningful, and maybe we have to upgrade the team by a half a point. But in general, the only thing yesterday could answer is, is this team in it to win it? Though unlikely, are they engaged? My gut feeling is yes. What do you think, Jonas? Yeah, I, I would say especially after that second half because, you know, they were uh, struggling a little bit early on. Washington was in the game with, with neither one of their stars really playing all that well. And you figure, all right, they're going to come out the second half. You know, maybe it's going to look a little bit more like what we've seen in the first half. Maybe the Celtics aren't going to have the energy to want to uh, continue, especially with how banged up they've been. Marcus Smart tweaked his ankle. Uh, Robert Williams, their center, was dealing with an injury again. And then all of a sudden, Tatum goes off and... And it wasn't close. Washington had no answers. They couldn't get anything going from from Westbrook. Couldn't get really much going from Bradley Beal, who's banged up. And it was a much different Celtics team. It was the good version of the Celtics, which you've seen at times this year, just not consistent enough. Yeah, it feels like the Brown being out, and that's for the entire playoffs, uh, puts a ceiling on this team. The Celtics, though, one of the reasons I felt like there was cause for skepticism about their effort level entering the game last night was because they have made the conference finals two year, two of the last three years, I think it is. So when you have been in the final four, you're not going to get all that excited to even win one round of the playoffs. So if you don't think it's viable to get to the conference finals, which would require upsetting Brooklyn and Brooklyn's a team that is the favorite to win the title. With whatever question marks you think there are, and I think there are question marks, they're the favorite. And the odds right now, 9% chance that the Celtics advance. So, McKenzie, what is the uh, shopped lay price? So the way we do this is we assume a better who has any ambition of winning has three outs, right? And that's great advice if, you, if you're going to bet – you want to have at least three or three places to play is a, is a good number to have. If you have less than that, it's tough. So we replicate that by shopping at three places and saying, okay, what's the best number on the Nets? What's the best number on the Celtics? What do we got? Brooklyn m- minus 1250. Take back Celtics plus 775. Okay, so uh, $1,250 wins you 100 So $12.50 wins you $1. <laughs> And then a dollar wins you almost $8. So huge, huge underdog for Boston. So I wondered, hey, would they rather just not make it, right? Now, obviously, Tatum looks at this as a chance to have a coming out party, to, to kind of say, hey, him and Brown get along, 
But even without Brown, I could put this team on my back. Now, if the rest of the team feels that, you know, excitement around that, then all of a sudden you could make the case that the point and a half or two points Brown was worth, uh, he would be worth if he was playing, that Tatum's extra intensity could make that up. So I don't think even with Brown, the Celtics team was going to go too far. But I do think Tatum, and 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 if remember now, if you look at this 50 points, and Bill Simmons was talking about the number of assists, and uh, it might have been one other factor, there was only like five people in the history of the NBA had ever had a game like this. Now, you can reverse engineer that kind of stuff, but 50 is a monster number to do that in the playoffs is a monster game. And you got to figure Jonas, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this. He's going to have, um, uh, he hasn't really ever been, you know, the debate is, is he a superstar? That's always the question. If he could even take it to seven with the nets, you could make the case if Tatum puts him on his back, almost like, remember when Jordan, and I know they're further along, uh, the Celtics are the current version than the Bulls were when they played the Celtics back with Larry Bird. But that 63-point game, if I recall the number, uh, that to me it was the beginning of, maybe not the beginning, but one of the key pillars of Jordan's early legacy. Couldn't Tatum be looking to replicate that even if they don't you know, win a game? Yeah, and, and also we saw it with LeBron James. Um, it was uh, early on in his career. It was uh, an Eastern Conference Finals match yeah, against I, Detroit. Yep, yeah, yep. And, and he went just off. And and that was really the first glimpse of, oh, he's got that next level. And I, and I don't know if, if Tatum's going to have that this year, but he's definitely got the talent. I think he scored 60 not that long ago in a game. So the scoring's there. He can get baskets. Um, the, other, the other aspect of the Celtics as well, too, that, that I don't think it's talked about a lot – one of the problems is that the Kemba Walker signing just hasn't worked out for for various reasons, whether it's you know injuries or the mix or the chemistry or he's trying too hard. But he's playing much better lately, like a lot better. Uh, he had 29 last night. Um, he was really effective. So if you get quality play from him, even without Brown, I think you can make it interesting. I'm with you. Even with Brown, I, I didn't like their chances to go very far. But maybe you could get a game or two against this Nets team in this series. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's look at the Pacers win over uh, Charlotte. Yeah, it was over pretty quick in this game. The Indiana Pacers with a 144-117 win over the Charlotte Hornets. So now Indiana and Washington will battle out tomorrow night for the number eight seed. It was over while McKenzie was still giving analysis on the on, on the handicap of the game. <laughs> I mean, he looked at the screen and went, "Actually, I love the Pacers here." You know, it was like fifteen to four, but um, obviously a nice win. And it's funny because we were talking about this, you know, in the pre-production, and I said, "Oh, Pacers have you know since that coaching tumult, seems like they've come on." And it was like, ah, I don't know. There were some questions. You looked at the point spread, and actually, is it been seven or eight games or seven games, McKenzie? Seven, zero, oh, and one. Their last eight against the number. Yeah. So against the spread, eight games now they have not had a loss. Seven wins, no losses, one push. So by definition, the spread is expectation. So this team is playing well. Obviously, if you look at Charlotte, uh, you know injuries. 
uh, LaMelo, not 100%. It felt like at the end of that game, his wrist... Now, I don't know if it was bothering him coming in. I don't know if it was one of those grab the wrist when you start losing. But LaMelo's a rookie. And the funny thing about it is if you listen to the real analytics guys, they say that hardly any rookie is a positive contributor. That you can say that's a good rookie, but even that isn't going to be a very good player LaMelo was, you know, some people believe one of the five best rookies of the last 10 years or so. So, I mean, even though Charlotte didn't win the game, you got to feel pretty optimistic about Charlotte with LaMelo. Uh, any takeaways to close the book on Charlotte? Yeah, no, I, th- I thought uh, LaMelo Ball had a good season. I'm curious to see where he where he goes from here. Um, his You know, his brother has never really figured it out. Like, he's never re- – it's always been like, well, he's got a ton of talent, but he get- – LaMelo feels like he was ready, much more NBA ready than his brother was. I think he showed that in his first year. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what his next – jump is from where he was at this year in Charlotte and you know it it ended up being a good pick a lot of people have criticized Michael Jordan for you know not making great picks you know as GM but it ended up being a good pick so I think they're they're going to be a fun team to watch I was also thinking about this when's the last time we've seen a team put up 144 or a team allow 144 in a playoff game like that's got to be one of the highest scored playoff games in a long time be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. We got the Spurs and Grizzlies tipping off at 7.30 Eastern time, but it's the Warriors at the Lakers at 10 p.m. Eastern time, in which right now the Lakers are a six-point favorite on pregame.com for that's got the eyes and ears of many people, many NBA fans around the country. So the Spurs game is 7.30? Yes. Okay, we want to make sure we got that one straight. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> the let's talk about the line move to start. Because the opener in any game is going to be the odds maker, the bookmaker, they whoever puts up the world, the uh, the originated line, the first in the world. That's usually or that's always coming from the book who puts it up. So it's a private opinion, and it takes guts to do that. Well, the opener in this case was seven. Then the money came in, Golden State. Golden State, Golden State, dropped it all the way to like four. And then since it hit four, it's been Lakers, Lakers, Lakers money up to six. So net-net, it's dropped a little bit, but it's been a roller coaster. And there's no real information reason for it. It's been just different opinions betting at different times. And it kind of makes sense, right? Pros. They might not have liked the Lakers at five or five and a half, but when it got to four, 
They liked it, so they bet it. Um, and and maybe some of those Golden State betters early at seven wouldn't have bet it at a lower number. So it, it goes to show you how tough. I mean, if this game falls five or six, it will be a bloodbath for the bookies <laughs> because uh, you know a lot of the Golden State's going to win, a lot of the Lakers are going to win, but. Right now, the opinion from the betting public is, in the in the pros really, is six being the current number. That feels a little high to me. Um, my sense is that if we knew LeBron was going to play well uh, or play up to his normal standard, if AD was going to play up to his normal standard, the line might be cheap. But boy, oh boy. If I said, Jonas, make the case to me that we've seen not only the health of LeBron and AD be validated, but that the integration of LeBron and AD with the rest of the team and specifically with Drummond, big question marks, I think. Yeah, no, I, I, I believe that as well, too. And then, you know, there's still LeBron's not 100 percent. Anthony Davis is, is not 100 percent. And so I still think there's that issue as well. And and I was wondering, and this may be a dumb question and maybe a, a dumb thought, and maybe I'm looking at this the wrong way when it comes to the line move. But how much of this could be just based on analysis of the game to where immediately they saw Steph Curry getting that many points and people jumped on it. And then upon further analysis, when people point out, you know, uh, how, how the Lakers can match up with Steph, um, you know, how, uh, you know, how, how these teams actually look on the floor with all these other uh, advantages that LA has it being at home, et cetera, et cetera. Did people start to realize, Oh, well maybe the right side of this is actually the Lakers. And that's why the line jumped back up. So here's the thing is when, and different sports are different, but in general, if someone's moving the line, unless it's NFL football on game day, the public can move the line and does a lot. But in almost every other sport, only the professionals are moving the line. And the professionals, by definition, have handicapped the entire season every day. So they already know and they quickly were able to look that and it's a good point because Steph specifically has struggled against the Lakers this year. 23 points per game. That's the third fewest of any opponent he's played this year. And by the way, the over-under for points, Steph, 36 and a half tonight. I like the under. And we're gonna make it a pizza bat. We gotta win some pizza because we lost yesterday on the pizza bat. But I like under Steph points 36 and a half. I don't love it, though. It's not a big bat because I think he's going to shoot, shoot, and keep shooting. Yeah. And I would love, and I think they're out there. I just haven't been able to find it. If you, if I could bet, and if anyone can, I would love this, is bet over on his shot attempts and under on his points. <laughs> Chances are you'd split out. But there's, I think you'd have a much better chance of the shot attempts going over and the points going under than vice versa. But Steph's going to shoot him up. I will say this. I lean Golden State, and the reason is, if you look at the current lineup with the number one pick off the floor, the center, and that they actually are a much better team than it seems Golden State is because some of those other lineups that are no longer applicable were really, really weak for Golden State. 
one of the things that makes this, I think the main thing that makes this so interesting and fun to watch is that the Warriors really have one chance to win this game. Steph goes off. It just puts puts up an unbelievable performance, and, and I think that's what people are waiting to see if he's capable of against this Yeah, team. but he could put up 36 and still go under, <laughs> and that's a pretty good number. So, by the way, Le- LeBron's over-under points, 25.5. AD's 25.5. My opinion, or my pizza bat is under Steph Curry points under 36 and a half. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.